0: Yeah, man. Oh, God. And, and I just don't even know where to start with this movie. Oh,
1: like... fuck. Yeah, okay. so, okay. Just... We can do a proper something, though. We can say, Alan and I have both watched The Polar Express, which is a Zemeckis movie, which is an animated, computer-animated movie uh, from the early days of motion capture. And <laughs> it is just about one of... I mean, I mean, I think it's fair to say that you and I have been through the ringer with strange <laughs> movies that yes. like, you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, like, wow, man, this one is like another level. I feel like, like mm-hmm. we just swam out a little further and that like the, the shelf, you know, that uh, like the ocean floor thing, you know, it, like there's a chasm now, suddenly we hit mm. like another level of depth or something in these crazy fucking Zemeckis movies at, at least or just movies in general, probably <laughs> what a movie.
0: Yeah. I've got to say, I don't think I've ever watched a movie like this. I exact. so. It's
1: so unique. Yeah. It's just, yeah. oh man, it's so weird.
0: <laughs> and a movie that, like for me, it recreates like n- nightmare territory, like yes. story so 100%, well,
1: hundred yeah. percent.
0: Um, there are moments where the, the movie is doing things that remind me of the kind of camera work that you get in dreams, which is really weird. <laughs> like I the know kind yeah. of, uh... yeah,
1: no, it's so dreamy. Like it's, it's dreamier than David Lynch, you know,
0: it's mm-hmm.
1: it. Yeah. Because Lynch's movies are still like something about the polar express isn't cinematic it's more dream i don't know how to describe Mm. it
0: Mm. no like
1: we're always saying cinema is a dream etc this is a bit of a weird thing for me to say but somehow this is how i feel about it like it's it's like you say there's something different about the way the camera moves it (laughs) i mean i mean it's not a physical camera so that's one thing right it it, it can be more elliptic and
0: Ah. glidey
1: and etc than a, a real camera would be but it's something else Something subtler about how Zemeckis is using it. I don't know. It it just creates a total hypnotic effect, though. Even without the weird eyeballs on all the characters. Like, just the feeling (laughs) of the spaces and how you're moving through the spaces. Like, by the time you get to Santa's town, man, like, that stuff is so weird feeling to me. Those Mm. buildings and the the record players just looping Frank Sinatra songs over and over again, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That gives me goosebumps. The whole elf oh, town oh. is like oh, getting elf to County. the center oh. of the dream. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> It's funny. Cause like you're right. I, I think it's cause the movie sits in a weird limbo between being a live action movie. That borrows tropes and stylistic choices from live-action movies and an animation movie, and yes, it's, and it really it, uh, treads
1: that line because sometimes it becomes a total cartoon, like with the hot mm. chocolate <laughs> sequence. <yes. laughs> I'll just be walking around now, and I'll just like Tom Hanks like shortening. That line will pop into my mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 kind of unsettling. I've got to say, yeah, like. Um...
1: Did you watch? Do you see how their legs bend in that scene when they do the <laughs> It It looks like their ankles should snap. It's it's like it's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Because some some of the acting is obviously motion capture like you can see the actor behind the cgi and some of it is obvious like the sims kind of sort of polygons bending it's
1: another weird fractal zemeckis game you know because it's like it's about santa as a symbol that's being mm. puppeted by something else something transcendental and then the whole movie is about that it's like he's literally moving all these puppets around there's like uh, an invisible uh, uh, actor inside the shell of that artificial actor or something it's so weird
0: that's cool what what do you mean by like santa being puppeted by some
1: well he's he says at the end, sense. he says, this bell is a symbol. Santa says, this bell is a symbol of Christmas, as am I. He identifies himself <laughs> as a symbol. <laughs> the whole movie is leading up to that because you see uh. the uh, boy hero interacting with all these false Santas. He sees yeah. the Santas with the gears sticking out of their back. That's so explicitly like it's a Santa puppet. <laughs> and he sees the... But the whole movie is showing you a Santa puppet. It's a big Santa animation. But then the the animation says to you, I'm a sim, just like this bell. But then the bell is about synchronicity, obviously.
0: Oh, shit, yeah.
1: The bell is received during a time slowdown. (laughs) At the moment of maximum temporal slowdown, it would seem. He Mm. he time stretches that Christmas song. It's like an OPN aesthetic, suddenly. Like, (laughs) the whole film... (laughs) glacializes, you know? It gets, like, stretched out, like a... I don't know how to describe it. It's so weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's watching the movie slowly. Yeah. And none of the characters have names, except for, like, Billy. Oh, Billy! You mentioned Billy! He's so
1: weird. (laughs) That whole thing is so weird. (laughs) Billy really kind of bothers me. I I don't know how to describe Mm. it. Like... Mm. Mm. that character he annoys me a little bit but also kind of concerns me like i'm worried for him at the same time <laughs> yeah his like song is so annoying to me uh, a terrible christmas song you know i know i mean it's perfect somehow it's perfect in the weirdness of this movie but but i hate it that describes the feelings about a lot of the movie i think you said that too right you're like <laughs> yeah, I fucking yeah. hate it was your response to it yeah yeah. it's creepy it's it's a creep it's just the whole thing is creepy
0: i guess Mm. it's it's really creepy and uh the thing is like so billy um like we were saying
1: this is hilarious by the way we're bouncing all around right now like people have not seen the polar (laughs) express have no idea what we're talking about we're all like santa's elves and time slowing down and (laughs) the bell and billy and (laughs) (laughs) go watch it Oh oh people who might be listening. It's it's worth your time. It's a very, very weird trip.
0: Totally. I, I was I exactly I was thinking of maybe considering this episode as sort of like a a direct like commentary track almost. You oh know, nice. Like, That's like a great like idea.
1: That frees us up of, to just be completely <laughs> not yeah, familiar with like, it too. Yeah. Like
0: I think I think definitely, I think like I would I would recommend people to watch it um otherwise we could we could maybe to organize our thoughts a little bit we could like describe what the movie is just for ourselves
1: that's a great idea do you you want to take a stab at that maybe yeah i'll I'll jump in or something uh,
0: yeah so i was thinking this is like the story of a boy hero who doesn't have a name um you know is he
1: called boy hero in the credits or is that like an IMDB because I, I saw that somewhere too um,
0: I yeah I saw that on IMDB but I'm not sure if the credits yeah I, I'd okay. be curious I'll have to check on that yeah and he's sort of like it's Christmas and he's excited for, for like Santa he wants to he wants to see Santa which is already yeah. like a, a well, weird, he's like a kid like...
1: that's about to lose his belief in Santa really mm. He's kind of at this twilight of childhood where he can no yeah. longer really naively believe in the myth of Christmas and but wants to believe still. I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's like a metaphor for the loss of the magic of childhood, obviously, you know, it's, it's yeah. like it's another Zemeckis magic movie. <laughs> in
0: that way. And it's weird also because it seems to be about the loss of belief um, in a very yes in a very abstract sense almost because mm. during the movie he learns to believe like in others in his friends he learns to believe in all sorts of different things mm. as if, as if right. the, he's learning to believe in belief he yes. has this weird like feedback loop um, yes
1: and I think we yeah. said in our chat right it's th- th- that is thematically very close to contact I think that's the other big Zemeckis belief movie, hmm. um, and it it shares some image matics even. I really think that bullet train is deliberately recalling the Jodie Foster space machine ride in Contact. The way it's
0: interesting,
1: because shoots it and um, it's spherical like that,
0: and yeah. You know. Oh shit, it is.
1: Watch it with Contact in in mind. I think you'll really see it. Like once I draw to it, it mm. really popped. It's like, it's like he's copying that, that scene. The same way he's copying some of the train stuff from Back to the Future part. Mm. Yeah. It was also a movie about the father contact.
0: Mm. Oh, fuck, you're right. It was a movie about the father. <laughs> she meets <laughs>
1: the father or a yes. puppet of the father which is actually an alien and <laughs> so it's very similar to the Polar Express or really. like... <laughs> You're right, what is this? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, oh, that's funny because li- like... uh, God, man, I don't know how to begin, but like you said, he's starting to lose his belief in Father Christmas and the first few scenes are literally him like getting excited for certain possible... Indications of Santa, and then getting disappointed, like, oh, he thinks that something is Santa, but it's just a shadow, or he thinks that something is Santa, <laughs> yeah. but it's just a just the a noise. Uh, Are you as
1: disturbed by those shadows as I? Sorry, I'm really interrupting our terrible attempts, like, but like those shadows, man, <laughs> they creep me out so much.
0: I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I don't think I felt like.
1: <laughs> okay, maybe that's just me. I'll have mm. to think about that, why that might be. But <laughs> they show the silhouette of Santa later. Mm. And I think it's absolutely creepy because you're listening to Frank Sinatra. That, that is the singer there, right? I don't really know the era of music that well. But um, he's singing, you know, you mm-hmm. better watch out. You better look twice. Mm-hmm. Just find out who's been naughty or nice. You know, it's creepy, that line. better watch out like 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 it occurs to me like santa is partly something that parents use to terrorize children into good behavior Mm. it's like Mm. it's the it's the threat of revoking um abundance we provide abundance as your parents yeah but but you've got to be Behaved. You've got to be civilized to receive that abundance. And if you've been naughty, you ain't gonna get shit. <laughs> that's like the, oh, the that's a huge aspect of the Christmas myth, you know.
0: Interesting. It's like a symbol for all year round. Like Christmas Day represents all days, all days of the year. That's
1: right. We know from Zemex's film that the elves are literally recording you in your home, like mm. all year round. <laughs> <laughs> and then reviewing that surveillance footage. Like <laughs> What the hell like that's so gross. Like why would you put that in the
0: movie? <laughs> yeah, it's I know, it's disturbing. A, all these children sleeping. Uh, <laughs> it's it's weird. I hadn't realized, like you said, that Santa's first appearance into the movie is as a shadow on the floor. That's the first thing yes. we see of him. Yes, yes, yes. Which is exactly what what Boy Hero thinks of his own father at the beginning of the movie. He sees yes. him as a shadow. And so
1: it, it introduces the idea of the shadow of the father. Mm. Right. And so then this stuff with the belt that Semechus works into the Rockwell painting, which by, I, we should say, I guess mm. it turns out. So there's like a, a painter, Norman Rockwell. Um, um, there's a biography that was released about him that claimed he was maybe a pedophile. That biography is very controversial. I think most people do not think and Rockwell was a pedophile. Um, However, Zemeckis takes a painting by Rockwell (laughs) called The Discovery, which is of a kid finding the Santa costume in his parents' or probably his dad's dresser drawers, you know, and he's modified it. He's done a few modifications to it. He's flipped around the orientation of the Santa beard hat part, but he's also added a really visible belt. Mm. Um, And... You know, it's the movie's partly like a 1950s Christmas nostalgia trip. Zemeckis is obsessed with that period. It's when he was a kid, I guess. You know, and it's just a lot of kids got whipped with belts. I think in the 1950s. So it's it's an aspect of the collective father from that time that mm. he's placed in the clearly. He's modified a famous painting. You don't do that for no reason, probably. Uh, anyway. These yeah. are all just things that happen in the first five minutes of this fucking movie. It's making it so hard to talk. talk
0: about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. So then we we could we could maybe like okay. So I think this is something we could focus on. Like w- one of the first things that that happens in this movie is that so okay, uh, this kid uh, suddenly sees this enormous train appear in the middle of the night and and it's going to take him to the north pole and th- the appearance of this train is marked by this kid accidentally touching his radiator uh and burning his hand and and yes. and it, it it expresses pain like he's like, pain I keep is already like. Thinking yeah.
1: <laughs> about this, it's so strange. I'm so sorry. To continue. Uh, no, I don't want to no, cut off a thought about pain. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, it's just because, because definitely it's weird how uh, this theme, uh, I agree that there's something here about the the belt and um, punishment. Yes. That is extremely like subtle but you can find enough little references to it throughout the movie to to thread some sort of a narrative about it. Definitely. Uh,
1: And I think it becomes, it gains fidelity. If you look at other Zemeckis movies, Mm -hmm. I think that there are aspects of, of this in many of his films, especially also in Roger Rabbit.
0: Oh, totally. Right.
1: You know, which is another cartoon thing it's, it's mm. similar in a lot of ways the <laughs> polar express is it, it 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 just is begging to be read against all these other zemeckis films and zemeckis seems to be even nudging you in that direction by like putting a flux capacitor on the train and doing crazy yeah. things like that you know
0: it's right just, exactly yeah the the ost to this movie to the polar express is like it, it, it echoes the main riff from Back to the Future like yeah. all the time. Yeah. In a slightly, so weird. a slight variation, but it's obviously like, uh, an I think. You know it what else the does that? Composer. Mac Who? and Me.
1: <laughs> Which was also written by Silvestri, the, the score, I mean. <laughs> they oh, they somehow got Silvestri to do the score for Mac and Me. <laughs> I have no idea how that happened, but, but yeah, and, 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 he, and he echoes Back to the Future all the time, and he does it when the blue van is on the screen. I almost think he's making a joke or something.
0: I don't know. Right. That's weird, because I, I think from memory, and I've only watched the Polar Express once, but I think that the moments when he echoes the theme to Back to the Future are when the train is running, mostly. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When I you see so. shots of the... Of the train running, which, like you said, it has—it literally has like a flux capacitor in it as a. It has so so, yes, right.
1: It has a flux capacitor in it. There's a being that's referred to as the engineer, but is actually made of two things, like a fat guy (laughs) and a redhead. And this reminds me so much of Station from Bill and Ted too, which was also an engineer Mm. that was a twin that was a redhead.
0: Uh, Oh fuck!
1: Was Zemeckis? Involved in that in some ancillary way. I don't think so. Right. Bill and Ted stuff. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, though, um, um, one of those guys, not the redhead, the the fat part of the engineer, his voice and mannerisms. If you watch that against the train engineer in back to the future part three, that they ask about the speed of the train, like if they could get it up to 88, it's like the same character. It's just Zemeckis's weird train character. And he's just like pulled it. He's just brought it over from Back to the Future into Polar Express. And then the boy hero character says one of Doc's lines. He says, I've always wanted to do that after pulling the train whistle, which Doc says after he pulls the train whistle. So there's like three ways at once in which he ties it into Back to the Future with that train. It's enough to really make you think. It's supposed to be somehow the same train, like if not in a literal way, in a thematic or mm. symbolic way, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it seems as if Zemeckis is trying to make you think of this movie in terms of Back to the Future, like exactly. Like he, yeah, um, like he's asking, "What asked, is this guy yeah. doing?" <laughs> <laughs> It should be illegal to make movies this way.
1: (laughs) These (laughs) Femekis movies are brutal, dude. They are so brutal. They're even more brutal than, like, Carpenter movies for how polished and refractive they are in their weird details.
0: So, apparently, um, this, the, 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 what's his name? This the engineer, the engineer, yeah. yeah. Their names are Smokey and Steamer. Stop
1: um, it! That's an <laughs> S and N pair. <laughs> How weird! Oh right, Smokey of course, Smoky and
0: Steamer. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, they're both voice. Which one by is same... Smoky?
1: Is Smoky the redhead?
0: S- Smokey is the redhead.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's an SN pair. That's bizarre. I mean, they're already that visually, but it's just funny that then they get named that, too. I mean, I guess once it's there is an image, they're going to have names that resonate those aspects, too. i sorry. Just, how does mechas keep making these matches, like, even now? Like, we're past the event. Now it's referring to the event reverse. First, like it's referring now you really could you could make an argument that Zemeckis is trying to like evoke 9-11 with that image set you know in the post 9-11 movies you don't have to invoke anything non-local you just say oh yeah look what he's doing maybe if you could convince people of that you know then then one could convince them of the <laughs> of the pre-2001 <laughs> stuff at the same time I don't know uh, it hurts my brain that it's also a 9-11 movie Alan, because it just it, it's, it's the worst man it's like a christmas it's like the selfie christmas thing and then it's 9-11 thing too <laughs> i guess it's no. not everywhere it's kind of just there but it's so strong there there's just this weird ass fucking redhead and like they torture him kind of mm. and it, like ugh, it's just so bizarre it gets all body uh, horror there you know the the, the this uh, was it some steamer is that what's the name of the...
0: Oh Smokey that, is the right. redhead yeah and then steamer is Smokey's the the redhead the short one yeah steamer okay
1: steamer swallows the pin and then yeah. Smokey has to like wallop him on the butt with a <laughs> with a Oh you're a, right I... a shovel to like eject the pin, but if you watch that sequence, like the expression on Smokey's face is like he's like enjoying it, like just like like a smirk on his face, you know. And it's so funny that it follows the scene where everyone's pulling on his beard. It's like some kind of like sadistic revenge or something. It's just, I mean, it. It's becoming a cartoon, and cartoons are built out of that slapstick stuff, but also that's a mm. choice. Like, there's a reason the movie has to become a weird cartoon there. So, Mac- mm. can make any kind of movie he wants, right? Why does it suddenly become a weird cartoon?
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. I, I hadn't realized he gets spanked there.
1: Yeah, he gets Was spanked. It? So, it's so strange.
0: So That's and, when uh, they're
1: careening off the ice and everything. Mm, what the hell's mm, mm. going on there, anyway? He's interacting with the with the bum right before that, right? Isn't mm. that right? As they climb up the... I'm not oh, sure. Oh, yes.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't uh, remember uh, how
1: it all goes. I think, though, I think he's interacting with the strange homeless Tom Hanks. So, so that's the other thing about the movie, for anyone who hasn't watched it. Poor you, if you haven't watched it. You shouldn't be listening to this episode, probably. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, Tom Hanks' voice is like... 100 million characters in this movie. <laughs> uh, and probably mocaps, like everybody. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's Santa. Yeah. He's, this, he's this homeless stowaway. He's the train conductor. He's the boy's father. He's the narrator, which is like the boy in the, the future, which is like, so does he become the conductor in the future, which is his own dad? Like the whole thing's like a closed loop <laughs> in that way, you know? <laughs> Mm. It is like a weird time loop almost.
0: Well, I was thinking actually, he is the conductor of the train. So the conductor of the train is Tom Hanks. The child is also Tom Hanks. Yes. And and so So is Santa though. <laughs> and, and and so Santa and it feels then as if the conductor or, or or Santa, all these sort of adult figures are like in a Jungian sense, they're like these sort of Ah, uh, like these images that the child has of his self as a developed adult self. I don't uh, know how to say it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah
0: right. L- l- like what Philemon would be for Jung or something, like a, um, a wise, a wise yes. um, old version of his own self kind of thing.
1: And... Can we can we just acknowledge for the moment, like, how Jungian, that whole, like, Zemeckis' Santa idea is, you know, because mm. he sits in the middle of this fractal mandala town, like, mm. could be any kind of town, but he's made it this, like, perfect Jungian town dream <laughs> with the tree in the middle and all of that, you know. And the elves right. all congregate in the center, and you know, and the clocks all stop there. It's the eternal center that's in eternity. It tells you, yeah, that, 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 you know, yeah,
0: totally. It, it this shit always makes me wonder. So, several things on the one hand, you know, like, um, Poltergeist <laughs> had this reference to Jung in that there's like
1: man and the, is the, symbols. Man this is, yeah, the yeah. symbols,
0: the actual book is, is in the movie, so. This makes me wonder whether there was an era of, like, 80s Hollywood directors who were, like, into young. Like, maybe it was, like, a thing. Mm. I, mm. Like, because Bob Gale and, and Bob Zemeckis both...
1: It makes you know, sense, yeah. They,
0: they clearly, like, these movies, Bob, Interstate 60, Bob Gale's Interstate 60, and this movie it would be very difficult not to interpret these movies as movies made by people who have experienced synchronicity or at least read about it. Because yes.
1: It's I, it's, I agree. Yeah.
0: It's about synchronicity. Like,
1: definitively in the case of Bob Gale, because interstate 60, it, it's just, just tells you it's about. Synch- like, it's, <laughs> there's no question. Right. Yeah. Um, with the Zemeckis stuff, I think it's a little subtler, but, but I completely agree. Like it's, it's hard to know what the, the Polar Express is about if it's not about Christmas miracles, but in this Jungian context, you know? It all kind of makes I, sense. It's like, oh, it's a Christmas miracle thing, but the miracle is synchronicity. That's what this movie is. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of, it clicks, you know?
0: <laughs> and and always, like, you know, obviously that that's what makes it weird because it's not as if the directors, we know, you know, the directors don't need to be aware of Jung's work in order to talk about like mandalas and shit because, right, that that stuff well, just
1: we've seen so many spontaneous like versions of mm. yeah,
0: right, exactly. It's just that it seems as if there are some cases where when the director maybe is into this shit, it just feedback loops in a in a fucked up way where I think you're yeah, totally
1: right. I mean. Like... We've probably noticed that in our own work, right? I, mm. I've definitely noticed that with like, my automatic drawings.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: The more I'm engaged with it in that way, the, the stronger it seems to get. Um, mm-hmm. My art probably had little precognitive bits in it all along, but they're definitely amplified now, and I don't think it's just that I'm noticing them more. I really think they're coming through with more fidelity and you, you learn how to tune mm. into it better the more mm. you do it, I guess. Yeah. You yeah. know that's true from your dream journal stuff, right? Because the longer mm. you dream journal, the more intense the precog gets. Then you often hit a place where you have to stop. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty like strong evidence, I think, of this kind of build up, psychic build up thing again.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, that's funny, because we were saying how this movie is the first movie that Robert Zemeckis wrote and directed right. since Back to the Future 1.
1: Did he not like, write Roger Rabbit? He he, he,
0: write. He, he he wrote movies, and he directed movies. But he didn't write So maybe he didn't write direct. Roger Rabbit,
1: because he, direct, he directed gonna, that one, for sure.
0: I'm going to check. Um...
1: I mean, it's adapted from a novel, but I thought that he did the screenplay. Maybe that's not true, though.
0: Right. Apparently, he, d- he didn't write or produce Roger Rabbit, but he did. Direct. Interesting.
1: He just yeah. directed it. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, so you do get this sense with the um, Polar Express, the way it references Back to the Future and so on. I know that I haven't seen that many of his movies, so maybe he references Back to the Future in many other of his movies but it feels as if this is another one of those where the psychic juices have just flowed, they've accumulated enough that he is able or needs to ex- to write and direct another movie after, yeah. like, a decade or two. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. And... Um, I, I wanted
1: to return for. Oh, so, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: No, 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 no. Please, please return. I was going to say
1: I wanted to go back to the to the the, the radiator stuff in in the bedroom because oh. um, mm. we we were yeah. kind of opening that up and then and then ended up like spiraling out to Elf Town right away. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um, it's a, yes. The searing of the flesh, it seems to me, is it's it's it, it partly is functioning as like a like a kind of double uncertainty thing in, 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 in how Zemeckis is showing you the images because we, we you know he, he shows you the radiator framed in the, from this like extreme canted angle and you see it blow steam as the train is blowing its whistle as it goes by and so yeah. that's like a synchronicity but it also could be thought to suggest that the train is a dream train that's being cre- created by that radiator as it Uh, Enters the consciousness of the child as he falls asleep, you know, uh uh he hears the radiator steam and in his dream that becomes this train. But then he sears himself on the radiator, which it's commonly thought that in a dream you can't feel pain. That's Uh why you pinch yourself. And if (laughs) it's supposed to wake you up, Mm. you know, and and doesn't he do that, too? I think he does pinch himself later
0: yes he tries to Zemeckis it kind of
1: showing you like this is real now it's real enough to hurt you
0: yeah you can
1: not you know um by the way i don't subscribe to the notion that dreams that don't have pain i've had dreams with with pain um Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it nevertheless it's an idea out there in the pop cultural space you know that he could be using so yeah
0: yeah, I, I, I agree what you mean. Like, it's like a popular idea that you would. And it's obviously making reference to that. The fact that this boy right, tries to exactly he tries to pinch himself. He tries to do this stuff and pain just doesn't wake him up. <laughs> yes. Um, and the funny thing also, the, the, the so there, there's this bum character on. I think he's credited as a bum as well. Um, yes. On the top of the train, like literally on the roof of the train. Yeah, like hitching a ride, and the kid asks him something. He says, "Like, is we also is... see him
1: on the bottom of the train once? I think right." Oh, do we? The ticket blows past him on its trip outside the train. It it, it oh. runs on the underside of the train, and it does it sticks to his face or something for an instant. He's kind of suspended in a little hammock down there or something. I don't know. <laughs> kind of insane US oh, you know... Beck has had about. It people do maybe people actually did that i don't know anything about train stowaways but it seems like a brutal idea to me
0: <laughs> i need to uh, yeah oh that's a good point i have to check that again um mm. but what uh, so yeah and he says something like the, the kid says is this a dream am i dreaming he and does the, yeah the bum says something like uh, if you if you believe so, then yes or so something. It sort of says.
1: Oh, he does say yes.
0: Something, something like I don't remember. Yeah, something that can be something that obviously means yes and no at the same time, basically. Like,
1: right. Exactly. Uh, and, that's, and that's what just what Semechus is doing. He's both telling mm-hmm. you this is a dream, probably, and at the same time telling you it's not. It's not a dream, which is just it's another Jungian thing it's just exactly the Jungian thing like it's a dream but it's not a dream it's it's Mm. real it's it's objective fantasy it seems like what he's telling you with that whole setup the stakes are real yeah exactly it's not just a mere dream you know it might really hurt you it might really change you it might really you know it's
0: gonna be a real
1: journey which is what the whole thing is a journey on this train you know so it's a dream but it's it's a real dream you know
0: (laughs) Ah, fuck, man! It's it's exactly the same as Interstate sixty. It's exactly Exactly. the same. It's exactly the same, dude. It's a dream, but it's it's there. Yeah, but it's not a dream. But there are real like, and and uh, the movie is acknowledging that. And we have shadows of
1: Doc in both movies, (laughs) really. the train ah, and all shit. of that in, in yeah. Polar Express and then just Christopher Lloyd as the weird like sync drug dealer character in Interstate <laughs> 60 mm, yeah.
0: uh, gosh, that's also dude. strange the fact that the, the two the two main creators of Back to the Future like suddenly make movies in the early 2000s uh, that are both about initiations into sync yeah um
1: <laughs> i just don't know what i'm looking at anymore with a movie like polar express you know i have just no idea like it's everything about it is so seamless I and mean, this is part of the issue with it you know the zemeckis has like perfected his craft or something like The unconscious and conscious areas, they bleed into each other so fluidly or something. And that you never know exactly. I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to describe what I, what I mean It's you feel so kind of there's so much beneath the surface of this movie and it's, but it's, it, it remains so out of reach that's true. Often about Zemeckis movies, but here it's just—it's so like, it's like a nauseating, like it—it it has that vertigo feeling in it, wouldn't you say?
0: Mm, mm, and
1: mm. and not just because of the weird animation or whatever. Like I find the Elf Town to just be like
0: <laughs>
1: spirally, like it. It, mm. and he he uses all the like the clock slow down and all the all the the videos loop on the TV. Surveillance and all the records spin around in a big circle, and they spin down the big funnel, and the train comes to rest on a rotating platform when they first arrive there, and all this kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> but it makes you it's, feel that yeah. way in a, some deeper kind of way. It's just, it's just there's a spiral behind it because, like, it, the, it's just I, I, I just I, I guess what I mean is I sense this ritual sacrifice business on it. Again, you know, it's a movie Mm. that shows us kids like being dumped into a (laughs) package of presents in a big factory, like as if they're consumable items or something, you know?
0: Mm. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. They become gifts.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, by the way, that the animation on that bag of presents, isn't that the most Ah. grotesque
0: thing? It's it is so, like, strange. It's, it's isn't like it not like
1: a big ball sack or something.
0: <laughs> I up. don't know what
1: to say. Like it's I mean not really. Like it's because it's this weird, like lumpy, like portage idea. No, I at the same I,
0: time. But
1: like it's just so strange.
0: <laughs> I agree. I, I like the what I thought is it reminded me of like a a balloon. Like yeah. a sort of it's like a flubby kind of balloon vibe, yeah. but it's yeah. supposed to be like it's supposed to be like a sturdy cloth.
1: Yeah, action. it really um, bothers me whenever it's on the screen. <laughs> that even more than the hot chocolate sequence. It's something about that bag. <laughs> Bugs, so Bugs I
0: I was thinking like like you you're right. I think the fact that it's nauseating, it's not just the animation. It's just, it's it's that.
1: <laughs> it, 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 or is
0: Yeah, it's well. But see, that's the funny thing that I don't know how to interpret this movie because like like we said, it seems like a lot of the creepy energy is done on purpose.
1: 100%. It, like, it's got to be on purpose, or he's the most tone-deaf director of all time. and th- That's funny in its own insane, synced-out way, if that's true. But I, I would have to think it's on purpose, yeah.
0: Right, because if this movie were actually hoping to be a heartwarming children's movie, <laughs> Um, then this is not good. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, that must account for a lot of the bad reviews. I haven't really read the bad, bad yeah. press on it. Or I think it got a lot of bad press at the time.
0: And I love that because Interstate 60, you know, did yeah. too. Yeah.
1: These yeah, two yeah. guys,
0: they go from directing the biggest fucking like hit of the 80s to... Making their own like synchronicity sequels that both like flop in their own ways. I don't know if it flopped yeah. exactly, but like,
1: no, they kind of they kind of flopped. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, what is it about?
1: Uh, Although, interestingly, these, yeah. I think the Polar Express has its fans. Like,
0: oh, dude, families <laughs> still
1: watch it. You know,
0: it has its own Wikipedia. Like, I was just searching that now. It has a whole like fandom. Oh yeah.
1: man, oh. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's no wonder like god what an (laughs) electric movie like it's just so (laughs) bizarre (laughs) but fucking a dude you know that's
0: (sighs) funny i want to mention this because it's it's a personal thing but this has been like a personal sink for me in some weird way that a lot of the movies i've watched recently have made me think about this uh thing about movies that are both for children and not for children like this um, mm. I've watched a few movies recently where it's like this is clearly trying to be like a, a movie for kids or some sort of a movie for teenagers but at the same time it's, it's not, it's getting the aesthetic wrong, it's getting the vibe wrong and I'm just, I'm interested when that happens to me because it's, to me it always makes me think that if I'm perceiving that about several movies in a row it's that somehow there's a theme in my own sync kind of quest to call it that. Totally, way. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, that th- this is a theme. The theme Sick. of <laughs> Quest. <laughs> it's like
1: a Commodore 64 game. <laughs> no. Quest. What oh, that game system. of it sounds horrifying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um so so I that makes me wonder whether this is Part of what at least I personally am um, focusing on here is this the this vibe of in between. This movie is in an in between state. It's in yes. between childhood and adulthood. It's in between oh, wow. yeah. two kind You're of right. places. Uh,
1: that's so great. Yeah.
0: And Oof. so I want to return to pain again. I don't know if that
1: <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. Well, there's a lot of it in this movie, or, like, the threat mm. of it. He's mm. constantly threatening it, like, with the hot chocolate stuff. I just yeah. don't think, like, how could you not be aware of that? You know, like, it, it <laughs> that, that hot chocolate, like, they keep t- saying how hot it is, and it's just, it's just <laughs> pouring around, like, they're just, like, knocking these kids around, like, it's this crazy dance number, like, i just like, oh, man. It's, scary <laughs> thing. it's like the Baby Herman stuff, actually, in Roger Rabbit. There's mm. Zemeckis just dangling this baby over from, like, mm. knives and stuff. It's just, like, a slightly more implicit version of that same thing. You're really worried about those fucking kids during that scene, I am. am.
0: Yeah.
1: Insane clones of, like, like, what's even happening? Like, it's like the Matrix. Like, it's like Mr. Smith, like, pouring into the strain all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God, dude. This is so horrific.
0: It's horrible. I hate it. I know it, it triggers all of my Uncanny Valley fears. Oh. Like... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, oh. <laughs> like, where, where are these guys... They're not in this train, like you. you
1: it's, yeah, where it's, do they come from? Where do they live? What are they, there's just some weird compartment
0: that houses them all,
1: like sardines yeah. or something. They just pour out, out of it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so bizarre. It triggers all of my like early video game things of like these. Obviously, they're en- like they're entering into this. They're being spawned. That's the feeling I get. They're being spawned, they're spawned. into this room.
1: Spawned, yeah.
0: They don't actually exist in the game. They're like 3D models that spawned. Into Were the you a
1: child who, who <laughs> thought about things like that when you, when you play video games about like the, uh, the ontological status of the sprites and things like that? I,
0: I guess so. I, I have, I like, was,
1: yeah, that's interesting. I,
0: I have more. That. Yeah. Like I, I don't honestly, I, I guess I was, I guess I was, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, you know, some, I
1: wasn't yeah. thinking about it in as abstract a way as I would think about it now, of course, but I, but I was just interested in those little worlds and what that meant. And and I had, I had questions about, like, what happens when you turn off the video game system, do they still exist? Like their code on this thing, what does that mean? Like, it's just weird. They're weird things, video games, you know?
0: Yeah. And I was always obsessed with, um, the background of 3d video games, like to, uh, to, to me, you know, the places that are obviously not fully rendered, but they yeah. pretend to be.
1: That's, that's such an interesting, yeah, it's, it becomes like, like <laughs> a, like a, like an amusement park facade back there almost, or mm. something. Mm. You know? I mean, um, I don't know what that is. Yeah. An amusement park facade. So, uh, what I mean <laughs> is like, like a movie set. It becomes clear that it's like props. Uh, uh-huh. uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: For effect. Mm. It's like the Truman Wall,
0: you know? Right, exactly. That's exactly. Dude, that's funny. That's that's why... Shit, I, I think that's why we were probably obsessed with this stuff. Because we were, you know, in some sense, we were obsessed with the Truman Wall. Not of, not the literal, like, movie, but... Totally, like, totally. With, uh... Yeah,
1: yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah. God. So this movie is, is a lot like that to me. It, it, it just has this horrible feeling of, of (sighs) things just don't quite like things kind of like spawn into existence, but at the same time, it's, it's all fully like live action.
1: And yeah, it's so bizarre. It's a, like, (laughs) like, It doesn't help that it really looks like a video game cutscene thing too. Like it <laughs> it it does kind of put me in a video game headspace somehow.
0: Hmm. So I was thinking like they they get threatened with the hot chocolate um Threatened. like the hot, together.
1: And, that is exactly the right way to describe it, but probably no one else would describe <laughs> that scene that way. But yes, so with Tom Hanks threatening the children with
0: the <laughs> with, hot chocolate. With the hot chocolate. <laughs> um and then <laughs> later the, the the protagonist is trying to is it's climbing on the top of the train and he's desperately trying to get into the, like, engine of the train. Oh, yeah. The engine compartment. And in another sort of synchronicity moment, he gets into the engine exactly as the train is entering into a deadly tunnel that is so... Oh,
1: gosh, that's right. I forgot those were so tightly timed. but They they totally are. So,
0: the tunnel is shaped like a mouth, like a beast's mouth with spiky teeth. And it it would kill him if he didn't descend into the train in time. And as he descends into the train, he descends into the coal pit, like the, 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 yes. this mountain of coal that, that fuels the flames of the train. So it's almost like, even though he hasn't been literally killed by that tunnel mouth, he has symbolically fallen into hell, into the flames
1: into the it's volcano. Mm, yeah, It's also what Zemeckis does with the oven with Roger and the beginning of Roger Rabbit.
0: Oh, right, totally, totally. And it's the oven, exactly, it's the oven. It's, it's the, the hot chocolate, the... Um,
1: yeah.
0: The radiator. The radiator,
1: guess, but, um... it's just, yeah. It's so funny because I've been looking at Back to the Future recently and thinking about how the relationship that exists between marty and uh einstein because mm. they're the they're the two that go through the time machine you know einstein goes through first and then marty goes through mm-hmm. so it's sort of like doc puts the dog in an oven to cook it because <laughs> the flame you know the delorean like it generates fire and then marty thinks the dog is dead you know He's like mm. you. You disintegrated Einstein. Where, where the line is?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then yeah. it's
1: like so it's like it's like <laughs> first it's like an animal sacrifice, but then it's going to be a human kind of child sacrifice. As Marty's like seventeen, mm. and,
0: then,
1: and so then then to find that stuff again in Polar Express with the child getting burned and the hot mm. chocolate and all that, you know, it's really. Persistent idea for
0: Zemakus, right? Like the, I see what you mean. the The vehicle, the DeLorean, the train, is like is a space that gets filled with flames.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That's how. That's how you travel. Yeah. To the future is by, by being burnt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And. and so we mentioned also how Santa is literally someone who descends down chimneys into fireplaces. Yes. So his yes. his whole myth is one of of falling into the flames and he's like I know people Hell. say that originally he, it's, right
1: Satan's like so on this character in such a weird way like what is up with this Christmas stuff anyway? I find mm. it all is impossible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny, man, uh, I was thinking of the Satan stuff, um, and I wonder if I can share it. It may be a bit of a detour, but like, you know, um, that this, so Santa, exactly, Santa is Satan in the sense that uh, just in these Basic sense is that we he's like red. I know that I think originally he wasn't red, but but just the fact that popularly he's seen as a red character. Totally, yeah. He's I a think red character. Enough. Yeah. He's a red character, he descends into fireplaces. But the thing is that so in this movie, um we spoke of how the 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 kid sees the train through his window and It shines such an enormous amount of light into his room. (laughs) Yeah. That it looks like a movie screen.
1: Like a projector.
0: He's looking at his window and it doesn't look like a window. And especially since the the fucking carriage windows in the train create this like frame by frame. Strip
1: kind of effect, exactly, yeah.
0: And I agree with you that this is it. So obviously echoes that he's looking yeah. at a movie theater. Yeah. 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 That's where he's going to see this dream.
1: <laughs> totally. Well, the same stuff in, in part three, because there's, mm. the, you know, Joe shows that in back to the future predicts like the, uh, the cinema screen, like Marty's just driving towards that drive in, um, mm
0: movie yes. theater
1: you know when he teleports in the fire vehicle so yeah, it's just yeah. the same yeah
0: so i'll I'll develop it as it goes along i don't want to like just um, dump a bunch of things here because i don't think they won't they, i don't think they'll translate that well but okay I just well think... i mean
1: i'm I'm happy to hear them um but if you think for the sake of the podcast
0: then i'm happy to well, hear them as well like i was just thinking that so that's how i'm connecting santa to satan in the in the mythological sense that satan is lucifer like yes. um light yeah so there's something about light strong and light is fire as well light yeah, fire yeah, yeah, uh that i think connects to santa in this movie in some way as the the visual spectrum <laughs> or something what you want oh. you can see, the the, um, the light spectrum in some way. Uh, I don't know. Yes. Because he's got a a rainbow whip. <laughs> 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 Which you know, often... he,
1: like they could have just not given him a whip. You know, you know what I... I'm saying? Like, <laughs> there's really no reason he's got like got to have a whip. Like... <laughs>
0: It's amazing. So then
1: they give him this whip, but yeah. then as if to soften it, they make it this magic rainbow whip. Like <laughs> to me, that is just the creep crazy. Like, it's, he's like a, he's like a dark magician with a, with a magic whip. Like what he does. Oh <laughs> like,
0: man. I had realized that, that that's to soften it.
1: I think so. I don't know. Do you think? I don't know.
0: I think. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's to soften it, and yet to to me, it seems like a super like hardcore RPG villain kind of.
1: Exactly. What well, me this has <laughs> the effect of like hyper emphasizing it, like like wow, we really want to notice the whip here because it's the most like vibrant thing in the shot, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, maybe maybe yeah. Zemeckis
1: really just no idea what he's doing. Maybe he really just is making terrible movies. Yeah,
0: know. he's just riding the the vibes. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But so the rainbow, obviously, like you know, the rainbow is the light spectrum. It's all of the yes, it's all of the tones of the light spectrum that we can see. Um. And it also
1: pulls audio yeah. into it with the bell and all that, you know? It's, oh, it seems dude, like yeah. it's a multi-sensory metaphor, which makes it even more complicated to think about. Yeah, yeah.
0: The whole bell thing reminds me of Fairyland in, I uh, mean literally, like in, in mythology. I know that there's this idea that upon entering Fairyland or being in contact with fairies, you hear Bells, um, and I wonder actually, I would be very curious to know if that's why Santa is associated with um, the what are those bells called? Oh. The Christmas bells, like um, sleigh bells. Sleigh bells. I don't know. Maybe probably not. But I, I I see because Tom Hanks continues to hear those bells into adulthood, and it, it has this vibe of. It's a bell that isn't actually playing. I know, the... yeah, yeah. I mean, does, doesn't yeah. that whole,
1: whole idea just have, like, madness on it to you, though? Like,
0: mm, it's like mm, the mm.
1: ringing of the bells in your head forever. Like, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. insane. Like, it's, it's like losing mar- your marbles. It's the same kind of, like, right zone in, in a way, you know? right.
0: Right, hear so exactly, the ringing
1: uh, of the bells that don't really exist. Like that, that might as well be a metaphor for mental illness. You know what I mean? Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I find I like, that
1: fascinating. Um,
0: and like, so uh, exactly. So like at the beginning of the movie, he
1: it relates to like a divine madness, like that part of religion somehow. You know, mm-hmm.
0: that it's so exactly. I I, I want to actually like mentioned this, that at the beginning of the movie, the kid, he has some marbles in his like pajama pocket or whatever and is so excited to go see Santa that he rips his pocket apart and and, and spills, loses his marbles, as Jordan said. So that, if that were like an isolated incident, you would say, well, you know, that kind of the verbal pun, like, you know, losing your marbles is a verbal pun, but it's being yeah. expressed in visual terms. You could say, okay, that's kind of like, that's a weird thing to do. And that's probably what we are reading into it. The thing is, though, the movie explicitly does this many times later. Like, yes. it play, it, many of the characters play with puns that then get visually reenacted. So if that's something that's actually happening, then this kid literally is losing his marble. Like in the sense yeah, that the movie yeah, yeah. the movie is maybe putting that pun there. I, I think it probably, yeah. probably is because I mean it mm. it's just Which
1: a big a- elephant in the room in in a story that's about Developing some literal or like weird transposed belief in the myth of Christmas, you know, what's that really mm. about? Like, it's it's it is religious, obviously, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's it about has, Christ, yeah.
0: I guess. Yeah,
1: and yeah, Antichrist. I mean... Z- Zemeckis' Christmas it has both, I think. It's like that creep half is the, (laughs) the antichrist half, you know? (laughs) Hmm.
0: God. Yeah. I don't even know what to say
1: (laughs) Same. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just thinking about like the idea of Zemeckis undertaking this project that requires somehow a, Literal and figurative journey towards the center. That's, the, that's the, what the script is about. It's the polar express is going to take you to the pole, to the. To the middle of the mandala, it's like the whole basic structure of the thing, you know. And so then he's doing that and then look what it gets filled with. Either it's automatic or it's deliberate, but it becomes like a journey into eternity. That's what that ends up meaning with the clock stopping five minutes to midnight. And the fact that like they talk about faster than light travel at the beginning of the movie. And then the way that the bell is delivered is impossible because the, the presents are already in the, like when does Santa have time to do it? Like it, it it is non-local somehow Santa brings you all these gifts you have the sense that they're maybe not even physical gifts but they're gifts that can only be perceived with, I don't know, it's so complicated you know, but mm, like mm. Um, but I think that the, the question of madness is like I mean I just keep thinking about the spinning records That's, <laughs> and then, and then you hear the songs reverberating like ghostly through the Empty nightmare Christmas town, you know <laughs> it's it's yeah cr- it's crazy it's like he's summoning a crazy like it's like a mental yeah like, like it it might be in like a mental hospital vi- like it reminds me of something from twelve monkeys suddenly, you know I
0: don't know no, it has a ho- exactly it really has a horrible it has a horrible, like unsettling. Yeah, I, I,
1: I feel like the image is about to tear apart and these kids are about, we're going to see these are like crazy children institutionalized somewhere or something uh, uh, running yeah. through the halls of a hospital. You know, <laughs> it's like, it just feels like it's one step away from revealing that to you. It never does, but I
0: don't yeah. Know. It's funny also like, <sighs> So, I'm just thinking, you said this thing about how Zemeckis is making a movie about the mandala, like Journey to the Center thing. Yeah. And it just makes me wonder again how making a movie is such a weird thing because so many people are involved uh, that I I would love to have the experience of making like a, a big movie with a big crew or something you know, as an ideal sort of dream, because you must probably get lost into a sort of group flow state where different concessions are made, like, you know, uh, Mm. the lighting crew doesn't do the lighting exactly how I want it. So they add some of their vibe to it and everyone adds some of their vibe to it, and it collectively creates this united product, and I wonder if, in a movie like this, you make you decide on a theme like uh, just a basic simple sigil, (laughs) like the journey to the center, and then the enormous, like, group crew mind, together with you, like just fills it up with this stuff like maybe working with so many people just inevitably l- puts all this stuff into s- movies because movies are such big things like
1: yeah totally I
0: so many people are involved <laughs> um that you you must you can maybe see this shit happening around you you know you maybe if if I wonder, man, like that you, you maybe like just see sinks happening around you all the time, because it's an enormous group of people all directing their wills to this one sort of creative endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, it must just generate this weird like atmosphere.: um, I'm
1: sure, yeah.
0: And so I wonder, man, like if maybe people who are involved in big movies like this like back to the future and they are sort of slightly hippie sort of like into <laughs> in, into smoking pot and like and like as bob gale clearly you know is uh, like they probably what like... if
1: we're what if we're wrong about bob wouldn't that be funny if bob gales was <laughs> like straight lace? like we're totally wrong like you just naively put all that weird pot pipe stuff in theater I 16 <laughs> i guess it's not outside the realm of possibility but yeah, yeah no, I agree. you're right I,
0: I love how we take that for granted but like... <laughs> yeah we're we <laughs> starting to like
1: drink our own kool-aid on some of these uh, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: reads but it's just so hard to think of that film in any other context i don't know yeah but
0: anyway but it it, <sighs> it all makes me wonder like that maybe a lot of these movies that that we're interested in, um, not all of them, but these ones and John Carpenter and stuff like that, it's movies where the director seems to be someone who is probably mm, open to ideas of um, of sync and mysticism and stuff because their movies like very directly tackle these kind of things i don't know and and that maybe they perceive the the magic happening around them as they're making the movie like Mm. what if what if back to the future what if the back to the future like set was just an intense intense ritual sync experience for them
1: gosh yeah
0: because just for us, and I know that other, like, sync heads, like, have said this, that just making a sync video, which is a short, like, five-minute YouTube video or whatever, like, a a, a one-hour YouTube video, um, while making the video, stuff begins to intensify, you know, uh, Alan Green has spoken about this as well, right, That that suddenly the world begins to show you themes that you are working on on your video. Yeah. And and then you release the video and it starts to like reverberate around you. So if this kind of shit already happens with these small scale one person, two person projects, imagine a huge crew of people working on a video. Like...
1: God, I yeah, it must
0: be so insane
1: <laughs> um, it must be so, so insane. yeah, yeah.
0: All is that all that's just to say that the Polar Express is, yeah <laughs> kind of seems like a response to that. I'm
1: still not sure how much I'm allowed to say about this other, other project, but some other heads and myself are working on a, other project, and uh, mm-hmm. we noticed this giant uptick in like weird media reflection of the stuff we were all working on together. And I, I kind of think it's a result of the, the, the hive mind effect somehow, you know. I think mm-hmm. all of this stuff is about
0: the group. In the yes, end. yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I have some thoughts about Billy as well. Cause, um... Oh,
1: I'd love to hear them. Yeah, Billy's interesting. I agree with what you said. Mm. That like he seems like he comes from poverty, and um, but it seems like maybe it's even worse than that. Though, like he seems to like get some trauma around Christmas. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, uh, see, okay, that's the weird thing. This is where the movie <laughs> begins to get really weird, <laughs> because the the all this stuff about like the belt. In that painting and stuff, all yeah. of that is yeah. like subtle, like um, background stuff. Yes, at least for a, you know, from the perspective of a conventional, non head audience.
1: Oh, absolutely. No and one. The evidence of that is I can't find anybody mentioning the fact that that's a modified Rockwell. <laughs> as far as I know, we're <laughs> the first people to notice that.
0: Yeah. Right. That's funny. Exactly. So this is something that like no one would even consider a part of the movie. They wouldn't even say if we told totally. them, Listen. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do if if it's we were smoking gun, but that's right. <laughs> one, would not accept it as evidence of anything.
0: Like if we went up to people and said, Hey, this movie seems to be talking about like uh, child, um, uh, a, non- abuse or punishment or, you know, f- fatherly, Something, fatherly yeah. trauma at least, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and we said, you know, look at this painting and the belt and look at the coal. He falls into the coal thing. And people would say, what you know, what what are you talking about? None of these things have anything to do with with um trauma. But then Billy, I think is very difficult not to read that into him because
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: It's the it's the classic Christmas um christmas story of like someone who has not enjoyed christmas in the past he clearly has some trauma around it like he really he says christmas just doesn't work out for me or something like it it, he has some bad memories about christmas and it's like you say it seems like it's not just because his household like uh, like, th- there wasn't a lot of money, and so he, it, it, it wasn't, like, a very, uh, you know, um, present rich uh, Christmas or whatever. It, it, it's not that. It seems like it really was, like, a, an unpleasant Christmas.
1: Yes, and, and some additional support uh, for that, maybe, uh, mm. can be found in the other big Zemeckis animated Christmas movie, um, Christmas Carol. Um, uh-huh. cause there's a bunch of stuff in that about how like Zemeckis shows you the family of Ebenezer Scrooge's mm-hmm. secretary, you know, and, um, they have no money, but they, but they have a happy Christmas, you know, they don't have yeah. presents and stuff, but like the Christmas cheer is there. And they, it's a part of the whole point of that movie. is that like, you know, it's not, it's not about. The money like the spirit of christmas mm-hmm. is about something else it's about the holy yeah. ghost basically um yeah uh and so it, uh, yeah i i agree i i don't think zemeckis would put that character in there in right. that way yeah
0: I see what i mean yeah J-
1: just to say something about commerce or or, or you know gosh mm-hmm. sucks that you can't have presents you know it's obviously yeah. about more, more than that yeah
0: yeah yeah so it seems like he has like the few intuitions we get as an audience is that there is something in his household that is traumatic. And um, since the movie also like just makes so many references to, to fathers <laughs> in some way Father Christmas, the
1: totally, kids' yeah.
0: father, like. Suddenly, all those small details in the background—the belt—they get given like more intensity. Because, like, okay, the movie, because you could talk to a non synchead audience about this whole Billy thing, and you could make this case. And I think that maybe someone wouldn't agree, but I think a lot of people would say, "Okay, sure." This character seems sure. to be someone who maybe uh, has a violent father or a, a drunk father or something like it seems to be implied Um, so then if the movie is explicitly saying this in such a way that non-sync heads could see it why you know not why but then the whole (laughs) minor detail stuff the super subtle stuff clearly exists within this narrative yes Uh, right and then they, they become like a surrogate family for him, like boy protagonist and girl protagonist, who don't have yeah. names, become like parent figures for Billy, who has a name. Totally. Um, I
1: find that so interesting. It, it's like a it, it's a little representation of the family unit again.
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah.
1: Such a Zemeckis thing to do. <laughs> Every little part <laughs> seems to reflect the other parts. Mm, um, mm. Billy, there's something about him. He looks a little inbred, wouldn't you say? Do you, do you suppose there's the implication of incest in that character?
0: Ah, uh, wow. I had not thought of that. I've got to say. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, yeah.
1: Like, I, like if you look at him, he, mm. There's something odd about him, you
0: know. He's well. You know. I I agree. It's hard with him to know,
1: looking t- at ter- terrible computer faces, you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Who knows?
0: But. I mean, I do get the feeling that he's sometimes hard to read because, like you said, there are times when he makes you like a little angry. Like he just sort of goes off and starts singing a song, and you're like, well, like why? Yeah. Why? Why did you get onto this train? And uh, see, this. <laughs> I
1: love that uh, brutal assessment, of Billy. Like, what the fuck you doing on this train, Ted? should have stayed at home. But that's totally, the
0: funny thing though. that yeah, that yeah, that seems that to that seems to um highlight the trauma stuff because he is getting onto this train unconsciously. He doesn't really know. Ah, uh, I see. Like, part of his behavior seems to suggest that he doesn't want to be on this train. He doesn't want to be on this journey towards the center of the mandala. And yeah. another part of him seems to suggest that this is his life dream. Like, he is the kid who most wants to go to the North Pole and meet Santa. That's why he sings right. like a... Like... And the... Yeah, yeah
1: it's interesting
0: that has that trauma vibe about it in that he himself has this sort of like um split between these two uh tendencies yes yeah